Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I am your host, Davey Blackburn. Joining me, my co-host, Emily Shields. Hey guys. How are you, Em? I'm doing really well. Are you pumped about all Christmas season? I mean, when the listener yes. hears this, it's past Christmas. It's true. But I'm I'm under the um, persuasion that you actually should celebrate Christmas the whole month of December. Yeah. And even into January. Okay. Like keep your Christmas <laughs> decorations up till, I mean, probably January 20th. Yeah. Maybe February 1st. Yeah. I think Kent and I will probably do that because we just moved. And so we like don't even have our Christmas tree up yet. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just moved out of my house. Yeah, we did. Can you want to tell the listener why? Yeah, cause because you hate us. Getting married. Or just yeah, we're, we're the time that we're recording this right now. I am getting married. Literally like four days from getting married. Yeah, right. Four. And when you listen to this, three days, three days. So yeah, three, three or four days. Anyways, it's all a whirlwind right now. Yeah. But when you're listening to this, I, we've already gotten married. True. So it's like weird. It's like at this in point, the future. right? When this is releasing, <laughs> I'm going to be somewhere in an undisclosed location with my new bride. Boom, baby. See ya. That's awesome. Yeah. We're excited for you. So excited. But listen, today's episode mm-hmm. is a special one. It's a great one. This is a fantastic one. And we're, we're calling it the Nothing is Wasted End of the Year Podcast Best of Spectacular. Right. I wrote out all those letters. Yeah. And together that spells the Noe Pobos. So we could call it that too. Yeah. Noe Pobos. Mm-hmm. So we've got an incredible, incredible lineup today. It's a very special episode. Yeah. We thought we would celebrate at the end of the year all the things that we got to be a part of. Um, all the the big God stories that we got to witness mm-hmm. and the cool people we got to interview. Yeah. And so what we're doing with this episode is we are showing you some of the best ofs, mm-hmm. just little clips, little teasers of that. So hopefully those of you guys who uh, haven't got a chance to listen to it, you can go back and listen to some of those episodes. Yeah. And then we're going to do some portions where we answer your questions that you've asked uh, us, that you've uh, written in and asked us. That's going to be fun. Q&A session. Yeah, and I'm really excited. at the very end of this. We have a very special surprise, <laughs> some special guests. Yes. So you're going to want to stay tuned for the entire duration of this. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited for Nueva Boast. For Nueva Boast. I just put a T on the end of that. Nueva Boast? No. No, there Nueva, is an S. Yeah. There's an S, but there's no T. True. Nueva Boast. Just Os. Nueva Boast. Mm-hmm. Man, you guys are going to, it's going to be stuck in your head. You're going to be walking throughout your city and driving around <laughs> town going, no epibos, like waving out the window, right, yeah. telling people a new Merry Christmas, no epibos. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm on something today, I think. It's okay. because I'm getting married in a few days. Right. There's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot to be excited Especially about. Especially this first clip, right? Yes. So get excited about this first clip. Listen to this. This is one from early on in the podcast. In that moment, I just thought about my friend and how mm. in a week she's going to be going through the same thing and just the drastic difference of pure joy and like pure tragedy, just yeah. not. And I think I messaged her at 2.30 in the morning and just said, I am praying for you. I know what you're about to experience. And just so you know, we're praying for you. So um, a week later, I think it was maybe two weeks later, she has a scheduled C-section. She goes in. 
they deliver this baby boy. They named him Miles. And mm. he lived for, I think, 56 hours. Wow. So it was just this incredible, like, she was so thankful. But I watched her walk through probably one of the hardest times in her entire life. Yeah. And everything she, that came out of her mouth, anything she wrote, anything she said, somehow gave this incredible glory back to God. Wow. And just this, it was like she had gratitude that, I don't know. But it she was, got to hold her baby for yeah, two and a half instead days. Instead of wow. focusing on this incredible loss, she just had this perspective that I, I thought to myself, if this ever happens to me, yeah. I hope yeah. I could walk through this in this way. And so a year later... Um, on Miles, it was his one year anniversary. She wrote just the sweetest thing about him being in heaven. And mm. I messaged her and I told her, I just said, I want you to know you have impacted my life more than anyone. I have watched you walk through tragedy and, and give God glory and credit. And I want to, if that ever, if we ever experience that, I want wow. to, that to be me. And that was in August of 2015. Wow. So August 11th. And then three months later, yeah. we go through this incredible mm -hmm. tragedy. And I remember on the one-year anniversary of Amanda's death, so it was November 11, 2016, my friend sends me this awesome... It was, it was basically what I had written to her. Wow. She sends it back to me and says, just so you know, I think you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just... Oh, man. I'm just thankful for people... Um, people have truly changed me through this process too. Um, people have reached out to us, but, oh, I don't know. That was just a really overwhelming yeah. moment for me to look back and see, I don't know. Well, you're able just... to, you're able to empathize with people a mm -hmm. lot better. Mm -hmm. You're able to really step into their pain because you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily exactly how they feel, but you know what, it, what it feels like to hurt. You know what it feels like to have the rug pulled out from under you and you know what, at least some semblance of what they're going through. And um, it's just cool. I don't even know if this is, I don't know if this is theologically correct, but I like to think <laughs> about these kinds of things. Like I like to think about Amanda up there, like holding Evie, you know, and like maybe even getting to like heavenly adopt miles, you know, and like, well, and she said that weight. to me, she yeah. said, I love to imagine that Amanda's taking care of him up there yeah. because you know, he doesn't have a mom in heaven. Yeah. He's got his mom's here. And it's, it's just moments like that, that, mm -hmm. It's just such a perspective shift and change. Mm -hmm. And I want to be that for people. Um, I want to be an encouragement. I, I obviously want to walk through it in a way where people say, I hope if that ever happens to me, I want to walk through it this way. Yeah. But I also want to come around people. And and again, Facebook, I can see hurt. I mean, you yeah. just, you can read it. I can, mm -hmm. I can be at home playing with my kids um, and read about someone losing their child at the yeah. same moment. And it's just like Mother's Day. My Every Mother's Day for the, my entire life was a celebration. It was exciting. It was fun. We would we get together. We have cookouts. Now Mother's Day, I am more aware of yeah. the people who've the lost their child. Moms. Who have yeah. lost or can't have or a can't kid. Have or, yeah, just, and I, yeah. you know, we post these happy family pictures every year. And now it's this, I think, about, I, I honestly, I've thought about my mom all week because I think... It's it's just a reminder right, of right. what you've what you've lost and it, and it is a celebration and is exciting but it's never going to be the same and so I just want to be much more aware and I want to be very purposeful in my relationships with people and helping them in their yeah. grief.
So that excerpt was from Amber Byers, um, and you can listen to more of that podcast. It's episode four. Um, yep. You can hear more from Amber and Robin, which is Amanda's sister and mom, um, on episodes three and four of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Yeah, those were fantastic episodes. And so the the easy way to do it, we go to davyblackburn.com mm-hmm. and click on this podcast page, yes. which is the Nuepobos. Nuepobos. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we'll have it easily linked right there for you so you can go back and listen to those. Yeah, for um, sure. You can also subscribe and you'll get these every time they come out. So right. make sure you subscribe. That's okay, probably now, the easiest and best way to do it. That's exactly right. Just subscribe. Just subscribe. Yep. The, now, what we want to do, Em, is we want to answer some questions. Yes, so we why do. So don't, why don't you toss out some questions that people have asked and we'll kind of start there. Okay. First question. You ready for it? Ready. I think we're ready. What is one thing you should definitely not say when your friend is going through grief? And on the other side of that, what is one thing you definitely should say? That's a good question. Okay. So what is one thing you definitely should not say when your friend is going through grief or Mm -hmm. or trial or hardship? And what is one thing that you definitely should say? Yeah. Um, Well, I think probably the... You know, I would lump into a category of things that you should not say. Mm. What you should not say, because what they do not need to hear right now, is something theological. Yeah. Is something, you know, along the lines of like, well, you know, this person is in a better place, or at least they're not suffering anymore, or, you know, which all of those theological statements are very true, but they're not helpful. Mm. And sometimes uh, truth is not (laughs) helpful in the moment. Um, and you know, there are certain people that were able to give me some good theological sound statements, but those were people that first and foremost were walking with me. Right. And so the very first thing they did is they just showed up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that when you're talking about trying to say something, um, I think we can get really, uh, almost, almost, um, you know, anytime you're walking across the room to try to tell somebody, you know, hey, I'm sorry. You're always trying to figure out what to say. Your your right. brain is reeling. Even I'm doing this, yeah. and, and I'm supposed to, I I should know what to say. Yeah. Right. I should know exactly what someone needs to hear, but I don't. And I think that's kind of by design, mm-hmm. because there's nothing really that you can say that's going to make this person feel better. Right. It's not like we can just have a canned response. Exactly. Um, that doesn't have empathy in right. it. Right. Yeah. Right. And so so what I do now. Um, we just had some friends of ours at our church go through um, kind of a personal crisis, a very similar personal crisis. Mm-hmm. A friend of hers was murdered in our city. And so I just gave him big hugs when I saw him. Actually, the first thing I did is when I found out, I called him. Yeah. Because I wanted to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want time to elapse where they're just like not hearing from me, their pastor. Right. And so I just called him and I said, guys, I should know what to say right now, but I don't know what to say because this is horrific. Yeah. And I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. And is there anything that I can do? Please let me know if there's something I can do. Um, and I just kind of like listen to them. Right. You know, oftentimes someone goes through trial, tragedy. Like if you let them talk, you just let them kind of talk it out and you not try to inject your, you know, s- solution to the problem that you're going through. You know, if you're yeah. not trying to tighten up or button up or package up these really, you know, cute things because you want to fix it, mm-hmm. you know. Then, then that's going to minister to them a lot better than if you can have something to say to infuse into that situation. Right. I remember my counselor saying that, that we don't like when things aren't fixed, you know, and they're not yeah. buttoned up. And so we get so uncomfortable 
when things seem out in the open or left, you know, and, and it's not fixed, that we try to fix it right away. And you'll notice this tendency in you. Something's wrong with somebody, whether, no matter what the gravity is, and, and you try to infuse mm-hmm. something that fixes it, right? right. Like say something that fixes it. And that, you know, doesn't need, that, that, that's not what they need. Right. What they need is your presence mm. for you to just show up. They need you to, to break off the phone call if you're not with them. If you are with them, just walk up and give them a huge hug and tell them you're so very sorry. Um, let them cry on, on your shoulder if, you, if, if they feel comfortable with that, you know? Mm-hmm. But don't force them to do anything. Yeah. Don't force them to say anything. You just be there. And the power of presence, I think, is one of them. It has, I think it's the most helpful thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, we see in, in um, Scripture, in John 11, where Jesus, his uh, good friend Lazarus dies. Mm-hmm. And it says that um, when he stepped onto the scene, that he wept, even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Like he, he could have walked up and been like, uh, let me tell you, I, uh, I am the resurrection and the life <laughs> and I am going to raise Lazarus from the dead yeah. theologically because I have the power to do that. <laughs> the same spirit that, li- you know, that raises or that's going to raise me from the dead. It lives in me. And so I'm going to raise Lazarus. He could have gone in all the theological mm-hmm. stuff, but he didn't. He walked in and he was present in the situation and he just, it says he wept. Yeah. There was empathy there. And so even though that drives our everything inside of us crazy to not resolve the issue, the best resolve is just showing up. Yeah. That's so, good. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's helpful. I think um, that's really helpful. So I think, you know, I think that was the, probably some of the best things that people did for me. And you know, we talked about that a lot in that episode 3 and 4. You know, we mm-hmm. talked about it with Amber and Robin where we said, "Hey, here were some things that were very helpful to us." And here are some things that were not helpful to us. As yeah. good meaning as they were, they didn't seem helpful. So I definitely encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Yeah, episodes and get a little, three and four. Yeah, get a little bit more of that that teased out. Um, so would you add anything to that, Em, or is that, does that kind of say it all? Um, the only thing I would say is that um, I think I've learned just through, just from walking through some different situations with my volunteers um, that I found the best way to serve them. Um, I think the easiest thing to say a lot of times is, hey, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Yeah. Um, but I feel like one of the hard things in that season for people is that they don't know what they, they need. Don't know. Yeah. And even just the idea of like reaching out to ask for help seems so overwhelming because right. um, they're already dealing with so many other things. And so um, I've been kind of intentional, you know, depending on the person, mm-hmm. but saying, hey, when do you need food this week? Yeah. When do you not have a meal? Um, letting them answer that question and saying, you have a meal that night. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to think of those like essential things that people might need. Um, just because I know for myself too, and someone's like, Hey, let me know how I can help. <laughs> I never ask for help. Right. So, um, just trying to like think ahead, be a forward thinker, um, and tangibly think how you can serve them yeah. without being overwhelming. Yeah. We had a family in our church that went through a personal crisis, um, well over a year ago. And I know, and we knew that this, this lady loves to have a clean, tidy house. Mm-hmm. But we knew that in this crisis, she was so overwhelmed that that wasn't going to happen. She had people in and out of her house all the time with folks coming into the, for the funeral and stuff. And, and so we just said, Hey, we're, we're going to come and we're going to hire somebody to clean your house wow. and just like spick and span, make it, you know, so you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's just kind of, it's kind of inferring. Sometimes you have to infer and that's what it's important to know people, you know, and know their needs and anticipate their needs. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of life that we don't know people. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I tell our church all the time that this is why it's important to be a part of a group. Yep. Because you want to have people around you that anticipate your tragedies. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they know you so well that they beat you to the hospital <laughs> before you, you're, you know, before yeah. you get there. And so now obviously that's a, that's a hyperbole. I mean, that's a little bit exaggerated, but essentially that's what you want is people that just show up mm-hmm. because they're, they're so attuned to your life. Yeah. And that happened for us that mm-hmm. day that we were in the hospital with Amanda, people just showed up yeah. and it was um, very powerful to have people present uh, in those moments and praying. Yeah. yeah. That's another big thing. I think we discount the power of prayer yeah. and to pray with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that if, if you're trying to figure out what to say, don't. Yep. Just say, hey, can I pray with you? Right. There's something really powerful about just together going to the Lord and recognizing, I can't do anything here, Lord. We need you to be the comforter, you to be the healer, you to do what only you can do here. Yeah. I think, too, praying in the moment um, helps us to be true to our word. I think a lot of times we can say, hey, I'll, I'll be praying for yep. you. Um, but I think it's a good question to ask yourself if when you say that, you actually pray for people. Right. Um, I know that's something that I walked through um, probably like three or four years ago. Um, went through like a season of intentionally praying for people. And so if you pray for people in the moment, one, that lets them know that you actually care. Yeah. And two, hold you accountable to like, hey, I actually am going to bring this to the Lord um, for you. So and with you. Yeah, I was really convicted about, about that a few years ago, saying just saying like this, throwing out, hey, I'll be praying for <laughs> yeah. you. And then not praying for somebody, right? Right. It's just the Christian cliche thing mm-hmm. to say. So instead, it's so much more, and I've tried to be very conscientious about saying just, okay, can I pray with you right now? Yep. Um, because then you actually can say, you know, I've prayed for you, I'm praying for you. Yeah. And sometimes just in the moment, if you if that person comes to your mind, just say, say a prayer for them and then yep. send them a text and say, hey, I'm praying for you right now. Yep. That, that spoke volumes to me a lot when people would text me and just say, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you. And not even trying to fit anything in, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, I'm, I'm praying for you. Yeah, I heard someone say, it might have been you, I don't know. Someone said, hey, when uh, someone like, you know, flips across your brain, if you think of a name, like pray for them in that moment. Right. Um, you know, it might be the Lord putting them on your mind. So um, that might be a little encouragement too. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. So uh, I think we teased that one out. All Hopefully right. that was helpful to you guys. Um, I'm sure we'll be answering questions like this in the future too. Or if you just like have personal questions that you want us to answer via email or whatever, um, you can reach out to us at hello at davyblackburn.com. We're going to be answering a few more questions um, during this podcast. But for now, um, we're going to hop into another excerpt from another episode of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Yeah. I teach a lot about... uh, uh, loss, an irreplaceable loss that happens in mm. our story, and death moments, like where something right. literally dies. Not, um, like, and it could be the death of a marriage, a death right. of a dream, a death of a business, death of innocence. Mm-hmm. But it's not coming back we, no yeah. matter how mm-hmm. hard we try. And so, and that's not a very popular idea. Like no, we want to be able to fix things. We oh, want yeah. to get get the things that were lost to come back. And that's unfortunately, um, you know, God actually wants to use those moments and say, like, will you really trust me wow. with the irreplaceable loss? Yep. In those moments that land like a thud, yeah. you don't have the happy ending. Mm. Well, Jesus, like you know, Jesus said, uh, unless. A, a single grain falls to the ground and dies, mm-hmm. it remains a single grain yes. or a single seed. Yes. 
But if it dies, then it bears this, this harvest, this tree of righteousness that can, that can be a blessing to other people. And I think, it's, you know, for me, I feel like you don't get that verse until you have some of those, those death of something moments, mm-hmm. whatever the degree is. It's like it doesn't make any sense because death is something that you're trying to run as far away from as you can. You want mm-hmm. things to live, have life, yeah. and be vibrant. And it's like, you know, there's this up and to the right all the time in life. <laughs> right. But it's like they're really the only true fruit that can come out of life is with is with loss, is with death, mm-hmm. is with like this this death of, of of death to ourselves and you know, coming back alive then with the things of God and what the, the story he wants to write. Uh, there's this uh, uh, interesting scientific thing about that I, I read about recently where it says that our bodies contain gold, like real gold. So like literally really? if we, <laughs> you know, we can harvest this gold and, and take it down to the bank. And, We're and, actually and, alchemists then. I mean, yeah, we, we get some cash for our gold, right? <laughs> right? But, you know, it's trace elements. But in this this article I was reading, it says that the, the greatest concentration of the gold is actually in our heart. Mm. Right? And I think that's just a beautiful metaphor like it isn't until our like our heart is broken yeah that the gold can be released right yeah and what i found in my own story is that because of my brokenness because of my broken heart it has given me new levels of empathy mm. and compassion yep. and understanding for people's pain yep. that that never would have happened unless my heart was broken mm-hmm. open and right. so it, to your point it's like the seed can't become a harvest until it's cracked. Right. Until it's, it's you know, that's the way the, the gold comes out. That's wow. how the life comes out. And unfortunately, we, we kind of have these two options, right? Where we can allow the, the gold to be used for God's kingdom and, yeah. and to have this harvest and to use these, these unfair advantages to help others. Or we can choose sort of the the bitter yeah angry self-pity path and and i see people make both those right. choices absolutely and i actually understand both those choices oh, absolutely but it's like man this this path of saying all right let's turn our setbacks into our super yeah powers. let's let's see how we can turn this really devastating moment and use it to help heal the world Yeah, and that was from episode 11 with Mike Foster. Uh, what a fantastic dude. I wish we could have just had three episodes with yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. That dude is awesome. So he actually has a good podcast too. Yeah, he um, does. It's called Fun Therapy. Mm-hmm. Fun Therapy. And he does a lot of the same stuff that we do, which is really yeah. cool. Talking to people about uh, trial and difficulty they've gone through. So, man, go go connect with Mike Foster. Um, it's really it's a really cool thing to be a part of his community as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have another question for you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. put you on the spot here. All right, here we go. Okay. Um, what are some of your dreams or plans, visions for 2018? Wow. Okay. Yep. I remember seeing this question come through. This is my kind of question. Because <laughs> yeah, as you is. know, I'm a dreamer, <laughs> yep. you know, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of stuff with our church um, in January yeah. about some of our big prayers, what we're praying for. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I've kind of started looking at dreams differently. I think God puts dreams in your heart for a reason. 
Yeah. You know, I think that um, if you're following after the Lord, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm. And that's because the more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more your heart becomes in sync with God's heart. Yeah. So you're not really, he's not really giving you the desires of your heart. He's giving you the desires of his heart, yeah. which has become similar to your heart. They're running parallel with each other. And so the more I just try to pursue after Jesus, I let him download dreams into me and I say, mm. okay, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I start praying for big things mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'll do my part. You do your part. We'll see how this thing kind of comes together. Right. And, um, and then we'll put some steps in place to do it. So some big dreams that I have, you know, one for this podcast, um, I'm really excited about the potential of folks that we have coming onto the podcast in 2018. Yeah. And especially as we start ramping up toward the release of uh, Nothing Is Wasted, the book, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really powerful to just um, dive into more, more and more conversations that help people. Yeah as they're walking through their trial. And so certainly we want to continue to release podcasts. Right now we do it every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have no idea in the future if it becomes more frequent or what that looks like. Um, but, you know, we're praying that we can just continue to push out a lot more content through the podcast to help people out. Um, but then we've also got some some other dreams for uh, our Nothing Is Wasted type ministry that we're doing. Uh, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but we want to do a Nothing Is Wasted retreat mm-hmm. where we just help people you know, kind of host them for a weekend yeah. and help them uh, as they're trying to walk through pain, begin to give them the tools over the course of three or four days that would help them step back into their setting mm-hmm. and their spheres of influence and walk through trial a little bit uh, more equipped right. and also give them a community of people to touch base with. Man, there's that's cool. a huge support. There's there's something so powerful about a support system. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do that. We're, um, we're still planning on that. You know, we got a lot of people who are interested. I think when we put out an interest form, we had about 60 or 70 people that said they were interested wow. in that. So it's a matter of trying to figure out the semantics and logistics of, with that. Mm-hmm. And um, calendars are a little crazy right now. Yeah. And so, but be praying for that. Be praying that we can get that in place um, and make that happen. We'd love to do that once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. And um, and then, of course, we're praying that the book releases in 2018. Yes, <laughs> yes we are. <laughs> I know we've had a lot of delays in that, a lot of holdups. And just so the listener knows, the reason is, is because Amanda's trial, um, and now it's a couple of trials, actually, um, that has continued to be pushed back and delayed, you know, just for, with things with the judicial system. And so we're trying to honor the process of that and not release the book until after all of that's over. Right. And we want that season to have its season, to have its attention. And um, and then after that is over, then we kind of let it breathe. And then we can release the book mm-hmm. and help a lot of people. And so... Um, so I guess in that, be praying that the trial happens, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I wrote a blog post about this, that it was really difficult to step into that, that one hearing mm-hmm. where we saw one of the guys for the very first time. Right. And so God's been preparing our hearts as a family to step into that season. That's going to be a tough season to step into. Um, But all of us feel like, hey, we want this to kind of find some closure. Mm -hmm. And um, I know it's not going to fully give us closure because of the permanence and the fact that Amanda's gone. It doesn't reverse that. Nothing about the sentencing changes Mm -mm. what happened. But at least um, there's there's a little bit of like being able to to move forward. Right. And um, I believe we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, uh, that idea. But, it, but you know, we're all hoping for that season to come soon. Mm-hmm. So right now it's scheduled for around April Yeah. when the, tri- the trial is scheduled to happen. 
And uh, so, man, hopefully, I, I hate to put dates out there because we've put out dates a lot and it just keeps changing. <laughs> but that's kind of our world right now. Right, it is. We yep. get these dates and then we start scheduling things around it and then it changes. And so mm-hmm. that's why sometimes, you know, in 2018, especially, you're going to see some shiftiness. And that's why it's hard to put something down concrete. Um, but one of the best things you can do is we try to keep people updated on the blog. Yes. And so not only am I writing stuff that I'm feeling as I go through certain seasons, but also just information to keep you guys updated about that. So you can go subscribe to the blog at davyblackburn.com slash connect. Mm-hmm. And that'll keep you up to date. Every time a blog post is posted, then you'll get um, notification about that. Yeah. So those are a couple of things we're praying for, for, you know, the, the nothing is wasted arm of ministry. Right. Um, as a church, we're praying for a lot of big yes, things. Yes, we are. In 2018. Uh, we're praying for a building. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to serve our folks here in Indianapolis well, reach the city really well. Yeah. Um, we're still set up, tear down as a church. Mm-hmm. But but we also want to be able to um, start serving people out there who are tuning in right. to this. So a building is going to be able to make it available for us to be able to do broadcast and allow people to tune into our ser- services. And right now we have a lot of people who tune into our services. Yeah, we do. But they just like listen to the podcast on Tuesday or download a Vimeo video. Right. So we're so grateful for you guys that do that. Mm-hmm. But we want to make it a better experience for you. So there's just a lot of cool things we're praying for in 2018. Again, I say we're praying for because really this is God's story. Yes. And we're just kind of like following the the imprints or the, the, the notions that he puts in our heart and asking God to do these things. Because these things are such big things that if, if, if they happen, he has to get the credit for it. Right. Because they're that big. Right. Um, you know, we can't, we can't take the credit for it. Mm-mm. So uh, lots, of, lots of fun stuff. We're also hoping to, within the, with the book, you know, I haven't talked a lot about this, but putting out a small group curriculum, mm. uh, putting out messages. I'm writing th- four messages to go along with the book so that churches can be served well. With yeah. that, so it's just a lot of fun that we're looking forward to in 2018. Yeah, and I uh, hope you guys are are with us in that journey. Yeah, for sure. I think um, one thing you just said that stood out to me um, is we're actually reading The Circle Maker yeah. as a staff right now at Resonate by Mark Batterson. By Mark Batterson. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it, guys, go read it. I'm only like halfway through, but it is stretching my faith mm. in such big ways. Um, but uh, what you just said is like right from the book. So like praying such specific prayers that um, when that prayer is answered, there's no doubt that it's God that came right. through. Um, and such big prayers that like there's no way that we can do that on our own. Right. So um, I challenge you guys to pray big prayers alongside us. If there are, um, I know there's some of you guys out there who have been asking like how else you guys can support us. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer is a big one. Um, I think yeah. lifting things up to the Lord and um, being open-handed with the ministry that he's given us um, and allowed us to steward is a huge thing. So praying alongside us is, is really helpful. So some of you guys have asked and reached out about ways to support the podcast. Um, And I wanted to give you guys a couple options as answers to that question. Um, Like we just said, one of the biggest ways that you can support this podcast is through prayer. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wanted to let you know that we also have another option um, and that's that's through supporting us financially with a sponsorship. Yeah. Um, and that's a new thing that we're rolling out. We're really excited about it um, so that we can continue to create content um, and, and push new things out to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys are interested,
interested, if you feel led, um, you can go to davyblackburn.com slash donate to give a one-time or recurring tax-deductible gift. Yeah. Yeah, it really helps a lot for us to be able to, sometimes we travel to go and, um, you know, have podcasts with people. Sometimes we bring people in. And so just to make sure that we continue to have great content, great stories being pushed out to you guys, that would be really helpful. And we really appreciate those of you guys who have, who have asked. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to receive some emails in the past couple months that have said, hey, how can we, can we financially support this? Yeah. So now we've made it available for you to be able to do that. Um, so listen, we're going to jump into the next excerpt uh, from one of the best of episodes. So why don't you take a listen to this? Here's a good question because this is a question we're asked a lot because it looks like from the outside looking in that, you know, sometimes to the, to the, to the listener out there, the person who's following this, they're viewing this, they're like, are you not like doubting God, questioning God, mad at God, disappointed in, you know what I mean? Like what, it looks like you're just going, okay, well, everything's good. We're going to be hopeful and we're going to, you know, and I, we all know it's certainly not that it's certainly not like we're just putting on this face because we are in the depths of sorrow oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, and this thing comes in waves, which mm-hmm. is part of, I feel like God's grace that it comes yeah. in waves because Absolutely. had it all hit us as a tsunami at the beginning, it would have, I honestly think it would have quite literally killed us. Mm-hmm. So it comes in waves, but sometimes us saying like, Hey, God's good through this. There's hope in heaven. All of this stuff can look like we're just not, we've never had those moments of questioning God. We've never had those moments of being disappointed. Talk to me about that journey with you guys. Cause I know we've talked about this a little bit and we each have a little bit of different thought process through that. Do you ever have a moment where you're like, God, why? Like, or what is going on here? Or angry or I did. I I I did. And I'm 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 still working through that. I still have days that it it hits me again where I want to say, God, why Amanda? Mm-hmm. Um, she was living, she was doing everything right. And yeah. she did from the very beginning. She was like yeah. my perfect child. So I when I'm all by myself and on my own and deep in thought, I I do think, why Amanda? And, and you know, a lot of people have heard this, but God, why didn't you protect her? Mm. And, um, but um, I, I am learning that God is going to do what God is going to do, and I have to glorify Him, right? Mm. That's my job. Mm-hmm. And I have to trust Him, Um but yeah, I still get sad about that, and I still get down about it, and I, I still have days I can't believe what happened yeah. actually happened. Right. I cruise along, you know, for a few weeks, and then a trigger will come, and I can go right back to that place of, man, God, wow, 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 why, why, why? So um, I am trusting... I am trusting him fully and completely in mm-hmm. this situation, Davy. Because when I look backwards at my life, he has been good, 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 faithful, faithful, faithful. And if he chooses to use this situation um, 
to penetrate other people to, you know, towards, yeah, towards himself, that so be it. He's going to do it, and I am going to help him do it. Yeah. I'm going to help point other people to Jesus through her life. Well, that excerpt was from episode three of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Again, we said this earlier when you heard from Amber, but if you want to hear more from Amber and Robin, go back and listen to both episodes three and four. Yeah, so good, so good. I think we have some more Q&A. Yeah, we do. Okay, so this next question is, what does forgiveness look like practically, or what would you say the stages of forgiveness look like? What does forgiveness look like practically? Or what do you, what would you say the stages of forgiveness look like? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, let me commentate on this a little bit, but before I do, there are a couple places you can go to and listen to some of the stuff that we've taught on, on mm-hmm. forgiveness. So we did a, a, a message in the better together series. So resonate and you can navigate to message archives there, but there was a message we did specifically on forgiveness and reconciliation. It was kind of interesting because I felt like God teed that up for a few weeks later. We had Jamel McGee and Andrew Collins in and their story is incredible. It's amazing. We highlighted that on the nothing is wasted Mm -hmm. podcast too. had them in for two episodes um, and so you can listen to what they talked about on Sunday at resonateindy.com and those messages, and you can listen to their, their episodes of the podcast. Um, so, so forgiveness is interesting. This is why I tell people when it comes to forgiveness, um, I've had to learn that forgiveness is not a feeling. Right. I think where we get stuck in forgiveness or we get stuck in kind of that cycle of bitterness is when we're expecting to feel like forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say, okay, like we, we, as Christians, we know intuitively that we're supposed to forgive, but we always run into something in our life. And I, I believe some of this is going to be a, is a test from the Lord to test us in forgiveness. But we're going to run into something in our life where we say, oh, that's the threshold. I can't forgive that. Right. There's always something that's like, well, we forgive up to this point. Jesus actually addressed this with his disciples. You know, they said, hey, how much should we forgive? Should we forgive seven times if somebody sins against us? Jesus said, you should forgive 70 times seven, which was actually him saying, you should indefinitely forgive because uh, your father in heaven forgives you. And and to the degree that you forgive other people is the degree that your father in heaven is going to forgive you. So what that means is like, if I'm not willing to forgive other people, then I'm not experiencing forgiveness in my own heart. And so um, what, I, what I say often is that when you have experienced true forgiveness, you're willing to extend forgiveness. Right. And it's a spiritual impossibility to experience forgiveness and not extend it. And, it's a, and, it's, and vice versa, it's a, a spiritual impossibility to um, extend forgiveness without truly experiencing it. It's good. It's like this twofold thing. It's that we're, we are conduits of forgiveness. We are conduits of God's love, of God's grace, because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 that we are agents of reconciliation, okay? So now we've got two different concepts. We're talking about forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is my part. Reconciliation is our part, 
right? So, mm-hmm. Emily, if you did something wrong to me, yeah. my part is to be willing to extend forgiveness, to not hold it against you, to not hold a grudge, to not hold resentment and bitterness. And the reason I don't hold bitterness and resentment is because me holding on to onto bitterness and resentment against you, I think it's doing something to you, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I think it's my vengeance against you is to hold on to this, but it's not really. It's actually a cancer that's deteriorating my soul. Yeah. And so I don't want to hang on to that because it will destroy me. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is my part to let that go and to trust God with justice. Yeah. Right. He's the ultimate avenger. Mm-hmm. He's, he says, vengeance is mine. So by letting that go, I'm trusting the Lord that he's going to take vengeance. He's going to be ju- just. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I'm recognizing when I forgive is that God should have been completely just against me and my sin. Mm. And he extended mercy. Right. So he was just though. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like he wasn't just and so he d- extended. he was just by putting Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And Jesus took our sins, right? Mm-hmm. And he bore the weight of all of our sins. And yet while Jesus was on the cross, what did he say? He said, "Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing." Right. So he actually enabled forgiveness to happen and to occur because of what he did for us on the cross by taking God's uh, wrath against us, his justice against us, um, he took it on himself. And that enabled it, like unlocked mercy and forgiveness into our lives. So forgiveness is my part. I've got to be willing to extend that. And then reconciliation is our part. So reconciliation right. happens if you are a perpetrator against me, you, you come to me and say, hey, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I've sinned against you. And um, I, I want to make it right. And you know, what can I do? And then it's my job then to go, hey, there's no debt against you. Mm-hmm. I forgive you, right? And this is the relationship that happens between us and the, uh, us and the Lord, yeah. where we come to him because we're the perpetrator in that mm-hmm. relationship. We come to him, we say, hey, I'm so sorry, I sinned against you. What can I do to make it right? Yeah. We try to do this do, do, do thing, mm-hmm. right, to make it right. And, God, and Jesus goes, you can't do anything because I already did it on the cross. Right. So I don't hold a debt against you. Mm-hmm. And there's reconciliation that happens. Yeah, that's good. So again, forgiveness is my part. Reconciliation is our part. And sometimes you can forgive and it not be reconciled. Mm-hmm. There, that is possible yeah. because they're two very different things. And then even when you forgive, I would say a couple things. Forgiveness is, is a, instead of it being a feeling, instead of it being an emotion, it's a decision. Yeah, a daily decision right. sometimes. Yeah. It's not a one-time decision. It's a yeah. daily decision. So you wake up every day having to release those things. And eventually, and this is what we teach really just in life in general, mm-hmm. when you make decisions, your emotions will follow them. Yeah. So I remember um, our friend Brad Cooper, mm-hmm. he came to Resonate one time and taught about like the, I don't remember what he called it, but it was like the train. Yeah. Where it was like he drew up a, a train on a on a piece of paper and he said, okay, here's the engine, the thing at the front of the train. Mm-hmm. And here are all the cars following the train, the caboose. And he said, we got to write, we got to rightly place our decisions and our emotions. Oftentimes we let our emotions drive us. Yeah. And that always drives us to really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if we, if we put our decisions based on truth, oh, that's what we call it. The truth train. The truth train. Right. If we place Choo-choo. our decisions based on truth <laughs> at the engine, okay, we know that God's told us to forgive others. So I'm going to decide to do that. Mm-hmm. Then eventually our emotions are going to follow. Because right. emotions get in line with your truth-based decisions. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's that's what I would say when it comes to when it comes to forgiveness 
is just knowing in our hearts and in truth is, hey, we're called to forgive. Yeah. And so as I, as I forgive, as I, as I make that decision to, the emotions will follow mm-hmm. on forgiving. Yeah, it's good. You can uh, listen to that Brad Cooper message too on our website. It should yeah, be there. It's, I don't even remember what series that I was in. I don't either, but we was can it figure woulda, it shoulda, out. Was it woulda, shoulda, coulda, maybe? I think, uh, oh, yeah. so we'll link it on the podcast page. We'll link it on the page. podcast we'll page, it. but that's an incredible message that gives you, I think, some tangible next steps as to like, hey, what can I do to like get my emotions in line right. with my decisions? So, yeah, right. that's, so that's Yeah, I think that's the practicality of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the stages of it. It's funny because just like there's no stages of grief, it's not linear. Yeah. You're continually having to do this with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You're continually having to, you know, take these strides and saying, okay, I decide to forgive. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Again, you can go listen to those other messages and uh, those other podcasts that help to tease that out a little bit more. Yeah. But that's that was my um, truth-based decision on forgiving. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it's it's interesting because... Everything that, like, I have, I have perpetrated against God way more than I've ever been perpetrated against. Mm. So yeah. you can say, no, well, Davey, your wife was murdered. Yeah, but it was my sin that murdered Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I've, and, man, I keep sinning. Yeah. Like, I'm not perfect. And, and even though Jesus died on the cross once and for all, my sin is what did that over and over and over and over my sin. And so did yours. And so Jesus talked about more the heart than he did the outer action. And that our heart is the thing that, that, um, indicts us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think when you start to realize that, that's like, man, my sin has, has really messed this up. Then it makes it easier to, um, extend forgiveness. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, my thoughts on forgiveness. And um, now I think we have another best of excerpt that we want to listen to. Yeah, we do. It's all about freedom. It's all about Jesus came so that we would be free to experience true freedom. I'll I'll tell you what, I mean, I think I mentioned this. I can't remember Mm -hmm. if it was this episode or the last episode, but... We, we believe that we can be forced to believe that God sent Jesus to die on a cross so we can cope. Mm. <laughs> and that's just not, nope. not the case. We were, he came so we could be free. Yeah. And these spiders, these lies are just keeping us in bondage. Yeah. And the freedom that the listeners are going to get when they chase after, again, Identify the spiders, identify the lie. That's that's that the very first step right there is going to take the most work. Yep. Because you're going to have to start asking the Holy Spirit. Your prayer life is going to have to take a, a probably a, a way bigger role in your life than it ever has before. Um, you're going to probably start looking look looking crazy to your friends mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. starting to get very specific with Jesus in your prayer life yep. and your journal and asking Jesus specific places and memories and different things to show you where these birth where the birthplace of these spiders were, are located. Right. Um but once you start stepping into these spaces and once, once you start realizing the tools that are at your disposal, I'm telling you what, anxiety is gone. Like it's yeah. gone from me. Wow. It is, I, I no longer take Paxil. Wow. I am no longer crippled. I was bound by anxiety. And once I broke it by the blood of the cross, the power of the resurrection, and the authority that Jesus Christ has given me in my own kingdom, 
I've, I sent anxiety out of me. Yeah. And I tell you what, I remember the second and the moment it left, and it felt like a elephant's foot stepped off my chest. Wow. And, um, and bro, you're talking to a conservative. My dad was the <laughs> executive director of the California Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. You're talking to a very conservative. Yeah. I, and I'm still very conservative yeah, in, in, in yep. theologically. Mm-hmm. But, bro, being conservative definitely kept out healing and deliverance wow. that the Holy Spirit um, brings. And um, if, if, if I wasn't experiencing it on an every other day basis, then maybe I would think I was crazy. But bro, it is every day. Yeah. It is yeah. every day that I'm seeing like mind-blowing sure. stuff that's not meant to be mind-blowing. Yeah. Man, what a great excerpt from episode 10 of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, right? With Carlos. <laughs> it was really good. so good. I love how you say the word excerpt. You like actually put the P in it. Most people don't pronounce the P, but like it's good. It's right. Yeah, it's correct. It's actually grammatically correct. <laughs> I'm you about say correct. Excerpt. Correct things. <laughs> I think it's probably just too hard to say excerpt. I like that sound. <laughs> <laughs> we could beatbox over here. <laughs> Does that sound good? Hey, that's pretty not. good, right? <laughs> All right. Okay, we just need to find a rapping I found a new friend. calling. Yeah. found a new calling. All right. So. Forget the Nothing Is Wasted <laughs> podcast. Forget all of this. I'm going beatboxing. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Roomba. That's different. DJ but. Roomba. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, the staff got me a Roomba for my mm-hmm. birthday. Oh, no, no. It, that wasn't the staff. The staff got me a Ninja. Yeah, we did. It's, you <laughs> get confused with a Ninja and a Roomba. Ninja is a great, po- a great um, coffee pot. Yeah, it is. I'm trying to convince Kent to get me oh, one. Oh, it's so I'm amazing. I'm like, we don't need a Keurig. We need a no, Ninja. No, totally need a Ninja. <laughs> but my family got me a Roomba. Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, my gosh. It's it, va- it vacuums by itself your yeah. entire house, like, all day long. While you're at work, it's vacuuming for you. It has vacuumed up Natalia's doll hair <laughs> a few times. <laughs> That's true. We just brought dolls into my house, right. which is a new thing. <laughs> And who knew that you're not supposed to lay dolls around the house she when there's so a Roomba? Sad. There's when, like a Roomba that's half eating a doll. <laughs> I kind of just like played out the scene and tangled for her, and we just kind of like oh, cut yeah. it off. You know, I was like, oh, well, sorry, just had to cut it off. So, oh uh, my gosh, so fun. Anyways, so uh, aside from ninjas and Roombas, and yeah. these were not ad placements by nope. any means. They <laughs> not are not sponsoring the Nothing Is Wasted <laughs> podcast. No, <Nope>. but <laughs> I think we may have another question to, to answer. A couple. Yeah, of them. we do. Um, the next question is, how do you give yourself permission to move on after you've experienced grief, tragedy, or crisis? Whew, that's a loaded question. It is. That's a loaded question. Um, so uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things I could commentate on this mm-hmm. um, because it is a tension that you manage. Right. Uh, and, and one of those things that helps with the tension sometimes is verbiage. Because we actually talk about how we're never going to move on from this. Correct. Yeah. This is a marker that has forever marked our lives, mm-hmm. um, especially gr- tragedy this grave. I mean, it's a it changes everything about you. There's yeah. a very you know it's it's like we we reference a lot of things as before Amanda passed, at, since Amanda passed. I mean, there's a lot of those references in right. our community in our circles, and so it's impossible to move on. In fact, I don't think it's healthy to move on. Yeah. But I think what you're supposed to do is move forward. I like that. To move through and move forward because, you know, Psalm 23 talks about, though I walk 
through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, though I get out of the shadow of the valley of death or move on from it, or it says I walk through it. Mm -hmm. And God's with us when we walk through it. Um, And and there's so much that he's doing in us to change us through it, but we have to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And at some point you do get through it, but that valley shaped you and it marked you. Yeah. And so there's this tension that you have to manage, you know, on one side of the tension, you have uh, a lot of folks who just won't move on. Mm -hmm. They get stuck in their grief, um, whether it's because they have found themselves in this vortex of grief that they just cannot get out of, or it's because they um, really like wallowing in it. Yeah. Some people really enjoy wallowing in in self-pity. Right. Um, Here's what I would say to the first person that has just found themselves in this vortex and it seems hopeless. Um, Jesus's life was marked by a tragedy and a victory, mm. a tragedy and a triumph. The tragedy was that he was nailed to a cross. Right. The triumph was that three days later, after he went through the tomb, right? He went through death. Mm-hmm. Three days later, he was raised from the dead. He was yeah. resurrected. And that should be the overlaying template for our lives mm-hmm. is that, Jesus, because the, the same power that raised him from the dead lives inside of us as Christians, we don't have to stay in the grave. Yeah. We don't have to stay wallowing in our defeat, in our tragedy, in our trial. Um, we will go through it. Jesus said we will go through it. Yeah. Uh, but the key is to go through it and to come right. out the other side in triumph. And for some people, that takes a lot longer than others. Mm-hmm. I think um, you do you do yourself and you do other people a disservice by judging how long it should take somebody to move forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, because there are some people who move forward healthily in several years, mm-hmm. several years. Right. And then there are some people who move he- forward healthily in a short amount of time or what you would suppose to be a short amount of time. Right. So I don't think we should ever impose our, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person's moving on. Or, I can't believe this person's moving forward. Or I can't believe, you know, on some level, it seems like to me that it seemed quick to you know, only after two years to, or a little over two years to get remarried. Mm-hmm. But on some levels, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. Because those two years, like what people don't understand is they, that I didn't, like, they didn't walk through those two years. Right. They saw it from a distance mm-hmm. and they kind of saw updates every once in a while. Um, but for me, I woke up every single day to an empty bed. Yep. And was faced with the reality that I, my wife is gone and the, the mother to my son was gone every single day, yeah. day in, day out. So I was forced to confront it every day. I was forced to wrestle with the reality of that mm-hmm. every day. So when you're forced into wrestling with it, you have to wrestle with it and you have to go in it. And, um, but when you're not, when you're watching it from a distance, it's easy to prejudge, oh man, th- that person's moving on a little bit too soon. Right. Um, so again, it, you do yourself a disservice. Uh, so I, I think the person who finds themselves wallowing in it, what my counselor said is we want to weep without wallowing. Mm-hmm. So we want to embrace the season of weeping right? because we have to. Yeah, we need to feel it all. We need to let it all. You know, um, Scripture talks about how there is a season for mourning, Mm -hmm. right? Mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. There's a season to do that, and that's a good, healthy stage. Um, There there were seasons of mourning that God laid out for His people, the Israelites. The Jewish custom of mourning, um, there were a couple different stages. One was... um, you, if you were a friend, if a friend of yours died or someone in your community or someone somewhat close to you that was not either not a spouse or a kid, you mourned for a week. Mm. You stopped everything that you did and you mourned 
for a week and then you went back to life. <laughs> if you lost a, a kid, you mourned for an entire year. Wow. Which is interesting. Uh, an entire year for a kid. What's really interesting to me is when you, in Jewish culture, when you lost a spouse, you mourned for 30 days. Mm. So actually less than losing a kid. Yeah. Um, and, and, and here's why I think that's the case, because I think that God's desire for us and MO for us is to, yes, weep, mm-hmm. not wallow, but to also find victory. Yeah. And to recognize that he, he restores. Yeah. First Peter 5 tells us that after you suffer for a little while, so it says you're going to suffer for a little while, there's going to be some mourning, there's going to be some weeping. After you suffer for a little while, the God of grace himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish your feet, Mm. is what it says. And so um, God doesn't like send somebody else on his behalf to go do it. He actually comes in himself and he does it. He restores you. But that's the the thing is he wants you to not just sit in the tragedy. He wants you to get to triumph. Yeah. And so I think it's important to know that, Mm -hmm. that, and you hold that tension, you know, very carefully where you go, I'm going to weep. I'm going to really feel this this grief and this tragedy, and I'm going to work through it and get counseling and have pe- surround myself with people and try to get to a place where I'm healthy again. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to move forward. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for moving forward or feel bad about it. Mm-mm. And I'll be transparent. Um, so the other night, uh, Christy was sitting on the couch and she was studying. She's in PA school and I was doing dishes and, um, we were listening to some music and the music, like something about the song, um, it's actually a song that we did our first dance to at our wedding. Mm. And so um, there's something about the song, like uh, it reminded me of when we first started dating and it was this season where even us dating was doing a process of healing in my life. Yeah. And it would be a song I'd listen to as I'd like, you know, leave her apartment to go back home or we'd be out together or something. It became kind of our song. And, and that song came on uh, as she was just studying and I just lost it. I'm in the mm. kitchen and I am weeping and I, it was almost uncontrollable. And yeah. she's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, I am weeping right now, tears of joy and sadness at the same time. Right. And that is really like, it seems like a conundrum. It seems like an oxymoron to be weeping. Like you would think you would have to separate those two things, tears of joy and tears of sadness that you can't do the same thing. But I think scripture makes it very clear that we can. Yeah. That we can both feel sadness and joy all at the same time. Mm. Um, And that we can know that even in the midst of feeling sadness, that joy comes in the morning. Yeah. Right? Right. And and that's morning, M-O-R-N-I, right? right? So there's morning, (laughs) though weeping tarry through the night, joy comes in the morning. Yeah. And there's this process that we have to move through and not wallow Mm -hmm. um, and not throw ourselves a pity party, not like, try to get other people to pity us and be right. a victim. God did not set us up to be victims in this, in this whole thing. He doesn't want us to stay in a victim mentality. He wants us to live victorious. Yeah. And, and when you step into the resurrection part of your story, um, that's another thing that boasts of the goodness of God. That's good. He wants other people to see his glory in his story by, by you stepping into your restoration. Yeah, that's great. And so... I think that's where I kind of hold both of those things um, in intention. I think you got to be very, very honest with your grief. I think you do yourself and others a disservice by not being honest. Yeah. And uh, and I'm really grateful that Christy allows me to be honest. Where I'm like, hey, yeah. here's like where what I'm struggling with right now, and 
there's been a lot of emotions that have come up with wedding planning and like mm-hmm. reminding me of the season of planning a wedding with Amanda that's like, yeah. hey, this is kind of tough, but I'm really excited all at the same time. Like, and she allows me to be honest in that. And yet at the same time, you want to have your eyes forward. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a reason the windshield is much bigger than the rearview mirror. We're intended <laughs> to drive through the windshield. Yeah. God's got future plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And so um, he wants us to have our eyes set on him as we're, as we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got um, another quick question for you, if we have time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you kind of led into this when you were talking about um, doing yourself a disservice by not being honest mm. with where you are. Um, somebody wrote in this question, what's the point of sharing my story or pain? I don't want to just like share it to mm-hmm. get pity from people. Yep. Um, but what's the point? Why, why share your story? That's, that's really great. Um, the point of sharing your story is not to get pity from other people, and it's not to put the attention on you. The point of sharing your story is to put, your, put people's attention on God. That's good. Yeah. So one of the things that I even explain in the, um, the preface of my book, Nothing is Wasted, is that I don't feel like that I'm the author of this book. I feel like I'm just the storyteller or the reporter. Mm-hmm. I'm just reporting God's story because I can't take credit for healing myself through this. Yeah. Uh, God's the only one that can take credit. He's the one that writes a fantastic story. And if we let God write his story and we just become the reporter of God's story, mm-hmm. it helps us yeah, it does. in our healing and it helps other people. Mm-hmm. So you've heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. right? Which is often true. Hurt and bitter people will find a way to lash out and hurt other people. Yeah. But hurt people when they're healed or when they're in process of healing can also heal people. Yeah. And I think that's the powerful thing about us sharing our stories mm-hmm. is that it provides people this confidence and faith that they may not have of themselves. It allows yep. us to impart faith into them so they can borrow we faith can borrow from us. It. Yeah. Right. And say, hey, God's been really good to me. He's the same for me as he is for you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to be good in your story. Yeah. And it helps to bolster people's faith mm-hmm. when we share that with other people. So yeah. I would say if you ever find yourself sharing your story for your sake, then your motives are wrong. But yep. if you find yourself sharing your story for the sake of God and his name's sake and his glory, then your motives are, are right. Yeah, I'd say there's there's even one more benefit to sharing your story for other people. Um, and that's sometimes to let people know that they're not alone. Right. Um, it's kind of like that me too moment. Exactly. Like, oh, well, that's happened in my life and this is where you are. Um, or maybe we're in the same season. Yeah. Um, just to know that you're not alone, I think sometimes helps people to take one more step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, hopefully that, like, answered that yeah, question. There's a lot of stuff to talk about right there, but yeah, um, I think it's important. Let me let me just add this, too. I, I, I noticed early on that there were a lot of people I, I was interacting with that were defining themselves by their tragedy, you know? So they were like, hey, I'm such, you know, even on their social media profiles, I'm a widow or I'm a widower, yeah. you know? And it's like, hey, don't define yourself by one event in your life. Mm-hmm. Be defined, build your identity in Christ, right? Don't define yourself by the abortion. Right. Don't define yourself by the divorce. Don't define yourself by the tragic death. Don't define yourself by the one night stand. Don't define yourself by any season of your life. Those are just a snapshot. That's not the whole picture. Yeah. And God wants to bring restoration into your whole picture. And so define yourself by being a child of God. That's good. His beloved. Yeah. And when you do that, then you'll walk through lots of different seasons, but your identity stays the same. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing is that you're shaped by different seasons, but your identity is solid through all of those seasons in Christ. Yeah. 
That's so. great. All right, so we've got another excert, we and do. then when it's we come really back, it's a really special one. Yeah, this next excerpt. It's a is very great. special one, mm-hmm. and I think this is good because when I had a conversation with, okay, I'll just say it's it's <laughs> an excerpt with with my father in law, Phil yeah. Byers, um, and and when I had a conversation with him about moving forward, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think he's got some really good insight, yeah, into a lot of that stuff. You should definitely go listen to that that podcast. That's episode. Um, one and two. One and two, yeah. The very first two episodes mm-hmm. that we did. Um, because when we come back from that, we've yeah. got some very special guests. Yes, we do. I'm so excited. You guys have to stay listening. Oof. Please. <laughs> stay tuned. Listen to this excerpt. One of the questions I get and, and we've gotten is how does the family dynamic, us, the Byers family, me, Weston, you guys, how does that change if and when I remarry? You know, mm. now just me saying that's hilarious to me. And, and I'll just go ahead and say this just me saying that there's going to be a constituency of people who are going to be mad just me talking about that. Mm. And uh, there's going to be. get over themselves if they Right. And there's going to be a group of people that it doesn't matter. And, and we know this, it doesn't matter if I waited 10 years to remarry, there would be people who would. Mm. Uh, there'd be scrutiny about that, people who are mad about that. And so, um, but we've had these conversations. We talk about this openly. And uh, my heart is that through all of this, we are all together on a, on the same page as, as a family. Right. So how would you answer that? If someone's like, hey, how's that family dynamic going to change when and if Davey remarries? Well, first of all, we all want you to get married soon. <laughs> Um, obviously, obviously we want you to marry the right, the the person God has for you. Right. But I mean, we, we want you to get married because, um, like it or not, you're incomplete Mm. without a a godly woman by your side. Mm. Um, and let me, and I'll just say this, that's not to say that if you're single, you're incomplete. What that is to say is that there are some people who know and recognize that. And I feel and sense and know and recognize that, um, while I'm in a season of singleness, um, I, I really strongly feel that God wants me to have a life companion in ministry because um, I know that I'm more dynamic with someone than without. Yeah. And so I'm not, you know, if you're single, you're not incomplete. That's not, don't hear that. But we recognize for yeah. me, there's, an, there's a void. There's an incompleteness there right now, um, whether it be just for this season. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's good. Um, clarification on that. But for, I'm talking about you. Right, for me. <laughs> this is my take on you yeah. as, as your father-in-law. You mm-hmm. know, um, As I look for you, you need, you need a wife to help you. Mm-hmm. Our wives help us in ministry. It's hard to do ministry without our helper. Um, you, got a, you got a child. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a son that you, that you need to raise. It's, it's, it's hard to be. Uh, and, I, and I feel for the people that yeah. are out there being mom and dad. Yeah, they're, they're my um, heroes. To their children. Man. But um, so we're hoping that God will bring somebody soon. Um, the, the thing is, Davey, and I've told you this over and over again, um, when we brought you into the family, and this is your word I'm using, we, we grafted you in mm-hmm. to our family tree. And I believe you did the same with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like your parents, Dave and Brenda, are quote unquote outlaws, you know, in, right. in-laws out. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they're our family now too. Yeah. And so um, when we look at you, I don't look at you through an in-law filter. Mm. 
I look at you as my son. And so you are my son. And why would, if you came to me and said, well, I'm going to marry somebody now, um, see you later, I'd be like, what? Mm. What do you mean? Now, there's a whole new dynamic that's going to enter in because she's going to have a family. Yeah. But the way I look at it, now we're going to have three family units as part of our family. Mm. And hopefully they would feel the same way, just like your parents have entered in. Right. And we just, our family just grows. Yeah. Um, I am praying that you get a, a woman that, that sees it that way. Yeah. I mean, if, if I could just be selfish here for a little bit <laughs> and, and say that, that I hope that who, whatever woman God gives you, um, she sees us as her family too. Yeah. But um, I, that's just how we've taken it. We've, we, it's, it would be foreign for us to think of it any other way. Yeah. Um, you're our son and it's never going to change, um, at least from our side of it. So. Yeah. 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 I remember, man, shortly after Amanda passed, you took me out to breakfast and you said, Hey, I just want to go ahead and have this conversation with you at some point. I know it's impossible to think about, but at some point you're going to remarry. And if, and when you do, she's going to have to not just be okay with, but embrace the fact that she's part of this family and you yeah. will always be part of this family. And, uh, man, I just, I just, my, my eyes just flooded with tears when you said that. Because part of losing Amanda um, was also feeling like I was going to lose this family. Hmm. And all the stuff that we've gone through together as a family and the joys and the triumphs and the defeats and the, the, the sorrows. And, you know, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to lose that. And I think you have to be very intentional to make sure. You've done a fantastic job of leading us to be intentional about that. And you, know, you took us out to dinner one night and you're like, okay, how's everybody doing? Like, let's yeah. just talk about this. And we yeah. try to be, try to have those conversations, even though we're all busy and we all have got things going on in ministry that we're doing. We try to make this time that mm. we're together and, and uh, we vacation together and just have open conversations about how we're doing. You have to be very intentional about those things. But um, I just, I think, you know, I commend you for, there's, there's some people that would allow bitterness to creep in and allow, you know, you know, regardless if, you know, and people in this situation, if, if I were to remarry, you, you, you guys could see that as something totally different. You could see it as, um, oh, who is she trying to come in and, you know, be mom to, to Amanda's son and be, you know, that's, mm -hmm. and, and it's like, man, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, that's not, that's not the right way to look at this. That's not even the biblical way to look at this. Like the reality is in heaven, none of us are going to be given in marriage or married. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And, we, like, <laughs> and the same God that we trust through this hardship yeah. is the same God that's going to bring you and, and another woman together. Mm. And so we're going to trust that too. Yeah. And, um, and we're going to embrace her right. as a daughter. Um, just as if, see, the way I look at it, and I don't know. If, I don't think I've said this to you out loud. Maybe not. The way know. I look at it is, my son's going to go get a go get a woman to marry, mm. just like James did. You yeah. know, I, I don't. I don't have another filter to look at it through. You are, you are my son. Yeah. And you're going to go find a wife. Mm. When James found a wife, it wasn't weird. We just brought her into the family. Right. And so now I don't look at my in-law son is going to go get a wife. My mm. son is going to go find a wife. Mm -hmm. And we're going to embrace her into this family the same way we embraced Angela into our family when James married yeah. her. And that's just how it will be. So yeah. now whenever, whenever Amanda married you, 
my daughter went and found a man, mm. and we brought you in. Well, now you are going to go find a woman, and we're going to bring her in. You're mm. my son. And so yeah. it's the same way. Yeah. I don't see it any differently. I don't even know how to see it any differently yeah. than that. So we've been talking all podcast about the fact that we have some special guests at the end. I didn't tell you guys that we actually have three special what? guests and our normal host here. Yeah. So why don't you all say hi? hi. Introduce yourselves. Who's here? Say hi. Hi. <gasps> Who is it? What's your name? Weston. What's your name? Natalia. <gasps> Weston and Natalia. And who else do we have? Christy. Oh. The whole thing. And, and, and Megan's sitting over there, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Can't forget about Megan. Can't forget about Megan. Yeah, we wanted to introduce the, the Blackburn family to yeah. the world. Officially. Officially. You guys are married. We're married. Yeah. Hitched. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> you guys announced your engagement yeah. like a month ago. Right. A little over a month. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. It's been a whirlwind of a process. We're so excited Oof. for you. Christy, how's it been? It's been kind of busy and crazy. It's been quick. <laughs> yeah. School is crazy. Life's crazy. Kids are fun and crazy, as you can tell. Everything's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So those of you guys who don't know, Christy is in West. <laughs> Christy's at we'll, hey, Hold on. We're going to let you guys talk in just a second, okay? We're going to tell you all about it. Tell us all about it. Christy's in PA does. school. Mm-hmm. And so one of the decision-making processes of this for us was once we knew we wanted to get married, we were looking at, okay, well, we either have this two-week window where she has a break in December, or we wait till next September. And it was like, uh, no, no. We're, not waiting. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not waiting till September, you know? Um, and so we just, yeah, we were like, let's do it. Let's just approach 2018 together, you know? And so I know earlier in this podcast, we talked a lot about uh, goals or dreams for 2018. And yeah. so we've been spending the last couple months just thinking about that for ourselves, for our family. I love that. Um, it's been really cool. And these guys, these little ones, they're excited about it, right? Can you guys tell us, Natalia, can you tell us what you're excited about, about having this new family? Um, I'm excited for Davy and my mom get married, and I'm excited for um, we're going to see... Audrey and Ray Ray pretty soon. We're going to see Audrey and Ray Ray soon. That's right. <laughs> and I'm so excited. And um, I'm so excited for now. And you are going to come. And I want to come. <laughs> so we get to see the whole family, right? Yeah. What are you excited about, Wes? I'm excited about we can go to Larry Lodge's house mm-hmm. and get snacks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those we are important, snacks. Wes, right? And they snacks. have snacks. They do have snacks. That's yeah. right. They're more excited about Audrey and, and Ray Ray. Yeah, barely. Than they, they are, are about, about us getting married. married. So <laughs> who, is, who, yeah. who is your new mommy? Christy. That's right. Who's your new daddy? Davey. That's right. So we get to tell the kids that Weston has two mommies, Natalia has two daddies, that most kids don't get that, to have that privilege, but Weston has a mommy in heaven looking out for him and a mommy on earth. And they have right? a lot of grandparents that spoil them. <laughs> it's a big blessing. Oh, yes. it's such a blessing. So, man, we're just really excited to be able to walk into 2018 with you guys, excited about what this podcast holds for um, for all of us, excited about 2018 and all the variables that it is. I mean, we're looking at... Um, walking into probably a trial, yeah. um, Amanda's trial. And I think what was really special is one of the things Christy told me is she was like, hey, I want to 
I want us to walk through this together. Like I want, I want to be there for you as we walk through that. I want you to walk through that by yourself. And so that was really cool as we were walking through this process of, you know, do, do we get married? When do we get married? That sort of deal. Um, hopefully we have a book release that we're looking at. Hopefully we have graduating PA school. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going to go when your mommy graduates? Where are we going? Um, do you remember for your birthday? Where are we going? Remember? Disney World. Disney yeah. World. What do you guys want to see at Disney World? Um, Mickey. Mickey. Um, Who else? Um, Donald. <laughs> Donald Duck. <laughs> Natai, who do you want to see? Princess. Oh, all the princesses. Who's your favorite princess? Uh, Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh my gosh, I love Cinderella. And, and I love. Goofy. Goofy. I like, oh, gosh. That's my favorite. And I love, and I love Minnie. Minnie. Me too. Do you have a crush on Minnie? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we, she really loves Minnie. We are super excited about it. And, uh, and we talked about this earlier in the podcast, yeah. but we're, we've had questions where people said, hey, we really love the podcast. How can we help support it? Yeah. And we have a way for you to do that now. And so um, you can go to davyblackburn.com slash donate, yep. and um, you can give your tax-deductible gift right there to help us fund this podcast. Um, there's a lot that goes into making this happen and trying to get some really great people onto this podcast. And so I mean, we'd love for your, for your help with that. And, um, and also, just as always, we'd love for your help by rating and reviewing it. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, mm-hmm. leave your, your ratings. And I have a feeling that this one's going to have the best reviews of all the podcasts. Yeah, I think so. Everybody guys, wants to hear from them. If you, if you want to hear more of Wes and Natalia, go review the podcast, right? Can you yeah. tell them, say, go rate and review the podcast? I can't. Can you say it, Natalia? <laughs> can no. you say it? You going to say, go rate and review the podcast. Say, go rate it. Go rate it. And as always, thank you so much to Sleeping at Last for providing us the music. Anywhere where music is downloaded and streamed, you can get it. So, well, I think that's it. The end of 2017. End of 2017. Happy New Year, guys. Mm, Say Happy New Year. Thankful that you're part of our family. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next year.